Hey there, it's Kelly from Kelly's Astrology, and I'm here with my dear friends and colleagues, Cassandra Tyndall and Alicia Youssef. I can never remember your full surname, Leash. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say it myself. Don't worry. (laughs) Okay, great. And we are all astrologers and we are here to share a few insights about the week ahead astrologically starting Monday, November 26th. And this is a week that kind of has a very golden starry kind of potentially lucky combination perhaps. I don't know if we'd say that. We'll, we'll get into it. Um, at the start of the week, we've got this triple lineup between the Sun, Jupiter and Mercury, all very early in the sign of Sagittarius between three and five degrees. And this includes the Sun conjunct Jupiter, which is like a rebirth point. It's known as the Kazemi of Jupiter uh, in Sag. And this is where a lot of the seeds, this is my take on it. And I'd love to hear you guys um, chime in, but I do think the Sun Jupiter Kazemi is where we're going to get those first kind of inklings of the ideas and the adventures and even the quests that are going to frame our lives for the next 12 months. Do you guys, what are you guys thinking? Totally agree. So, you know, when you think about what's going on and how that looks in the sky, Jupiter isn't invisible. So it is definitely like that new moon vibe for Jupiter. So it is that kind of seed planning of possibility then it will be, you know, maybe another couple of weeks before we actually, like Jupiter gets fur, you know, far enough away from the sun where we can start to really see it. So it would probably be, uh, you know, moving you know, way further into December. Uh, but it's definitely that first, you know, as you said, this is what Jupiter and Sag could be. Totally. Yeah. yeah and that's, sorry, Alicia, what, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I've just, I've had a few clients and, and others say, yeah, we read your thing on Jupiter and Sag and it just doesn't feel like it's that optimistic right now. And it is, it's, it's that whole thing of, of the sun hiding Jupiter. But I feel like, you know, on that day, that's when Jupiter has the ear of the sun or the ear of the king and he can really kind of broadcast his message. So we will get that real kick that day. Um, and and the feeling of that day and then it will you know go forward so that um that's on the 26th of november here in australia isn't it um yeah monday the 26th i think everywhere must be uh, later in the day for you guys and very early in the day for us in canada and the states yeah sorry what were you going to say cal i'm not sure uh (laughs) i just feel like it's like a lot of jupiter and you know, I think that might be Cyber Monday for the shopping. Oh, is this a US uh, or Canada thing, is it? Yeah, yeah. They have this big thing in the States. So it's Black Friday, which I think is the uh, Friday, the Gemini full moon from last week, the 23rd. And then um, there's a Cyber Monday. And I think the theory is that it's the last time to buy things online for them to arrive, right, delivery yeah. for Christmas. So it's a really big shopping day in North America. I mean, North America does shopping really well. They love it. Um, it's just like buy, buy, buy um, the mindset. But I don't know. So other than shopping, um, I do think there is like a wisdom download that we each get mm. on that Monday, the 26th. And there's something interesting because Mercury's in the mix too. Like the very next day, mm. Mercury will actually go into this Kazemi condition with the sun and Jupiter's right there. So I think Mercury can help us maybe get a few ideas or even have a few of those initial conversations with people about like, I've got this wild idea. What are your thoughts? Or maybe if we did blah, blah, you know, and 
you know, Mercury and Jupiter also conjunct on the 27th. I think that's the 28th for you guys in Australia. And that makes me think a little bit about like progress on documents or decisions or planning. Mercury and Jupiter are going to conjunct again in December. So it's not like the final piece, but it's like hearing a bit of information that keeps you go for, keeps you going further down that path. Mm. It's almost like the research that you potentially have been doing under this Mercury retrograde will come to an important part of the project or important piece where you can get some stuff done rather than having to wait until the end of the retrograde because it will be still in this retrograde piece where it's that Kazemi um, and that's still there but it's almost like I don't know you know what I'm like you turn internal with Mercury retrograde so it's like that wisdom that comes from within at that mm. time whereas the day before it's the wisdom that comes from of with the Jupiter so really listening to that voice and listening to that intuition, the tuition in, um, to get some, get some ideas on really where you're going to take the energy of all this sad stuff for the next 12 months. Yeah. And I think those ideas you'll be, you know, playing around with over the next couple of weeks. It's not till the middle of December that Jupiter comes out of that invisible place. Mm. Um, what are you thinking about this Cass? Yeah. Like- the same as you guys. Um, definitely um got that new moon sort of potential where uh the the cycle is fresh but still can't see it or have any kind of tangibility around it but there's that instinctual drive to push forward um and you know with that whole fire mutability um it will be kind of i know i've said this in the last episode but it will be moving forward on steroids um, and, you know, at, with everything to do with possibilities. Um, and, yeah, there might be a few logistic snafus as well with the Mercury retrograde piece, but um, I don't think, you know, it's rarely terminal, but uh, it'll definitely be, um, you know, okay, let's put this idea out there, let's have this discussion or, you know, how about this as a possibility and then revisiting it when Jupiter's more visible and Mercury is no longer retrograde. And then that's when it can sort of like maybe get into uh, that sort of, you know, crescent phase into the first quarter-y type-like phase where it's like, hey, let's really push for this. Let's go. It's all um, horses galloping, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, it's like they're at the gate right now and they're just like waiting to be kind of, you know. Uh, Free. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, and I've just had this kind of crazy image how that's going to play out for me. But Anywho, uh, yeah, it's definitely like the horse behind the gate right now and um, and then it's just going to kind of, you know, ride off into whichever sunset uh, calls its um, desire. Calls its name most loudly. So mm. the start of this week, Monday and Tuesday, the 26th, 27th, really good time to keep a notepad handy um, or, you know, your recording device for ideas and things. Mm-hmm. Just feels like, you know, the ideas or the encounters that you have, there's more to it than meets the eye and the weeks to come will help reveal mm. that. Yeah. And bringing the big ideas and the small ideas together, like big vision and the small details. It's like everything will kind of be wrapped up at this time in one package. Yes. Yes. So it's almost like this sort of week plants the seeds for what 2019 can bring in the Jupiter piece. Mm. And Cass, I was just having a look because the next retrograde, which happens in March next year, actually happens square 
Jupiter. So that's at the final degrees of um, Pisces, Pisces mm. and it'll backtrack enough. So yeah, mid-March. So it almost feels like that, that quarter, that first quarter piece that you were talking about, any plans that are being, the seeds that are being planted now, you know, you'll start to see the buds form. They won't be blossoming totally, but the buds will be forming potentially either during or just after that next retrograde. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm the cancer of this leg, that you know, the cancerian leg, but just kind of going back to 2017 now. And yeah, you know, it's like putting, I think this week has really got some potential to put the Saturn and Sagittarius saga behind you. Mm. You know, it's, it's that ship sailed and a new, your, your new ships come in, so to speak. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and that reminds me of something else that we had sort of put on our um, show list in terms of what we might talk about, which is that on Tuesday the 27th, uh, we've got the moon coming to sit on top of the North Node in Cancer. So just what you were saying there, Cass, made me think of, yeah, it is this week is like a microcosm of the larger macrocosm mm. of the year. But this week particularly is very much about the forward look. It's yeah. not so much about hanging on to the past or being stuck in the events of last year or the last six months. It, it's much more about, I guess, that Buddhist idea of just be where you are, be here now, and mm. from this place, where could you go? Um, yeah. So it's very much like a shift because that north node is sort of our, our pointing point, if you like. Yeah, it's be here in the now, but don't be stuck there either. Yeah, but know how, yeah, being here is as a platform or a foundation that's help, that's going to help you get somewhere out there, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And it's that thing too, you know, the solution never lies where the problem is either. Mm. So it's kind of taking a, a look to where you want to be and cutting yourself off from where the problems are and really looking for kind of out-of-the-box solutions to you know what's possibly holding you back or limiting you at the moment that's beautiful Ishi. yeah that's really beautiful i like it mm. um so because i always think the north node is a point that when it's activated it encourages us to get out of our comfort zone and so with the moon, the North Node's in Cancer, which is the sign of the moon, uh, you know, it's very much about thinking not with what's sticking with what's familiar, which is ironic because usually the symbols yeah. of the moon in Cancer are about familiarity and safety and comfort. And I think somehow this moon-North Node connection is a little bit like how can I create or maintain connection with my mm. loved ones even while I go out on a bit of a limb? Um, but I don't know, what, what do you guys have thoughts about this? Because I know we all kind of chimed in a little bit on it in the pre-show chat. Yeah, I mean, I think you've really nailed it there, Kel, in terms of, um, you know, remaining connected but not stuck or stagnant, you know, um, with this, you know, maybe take the memories with you if that makes sense in a way or, you know, how can I kind of grow and evolve and develop and, explore new horizons but you're not necessarily about cutting or severing mm. um which you know maybe be a little bit more of the marzi piece but this is the moon let's take it with us and where we can grow and you know maybe evolve or get a little bit more um open emotionally potentially with the cancerian piece um and you know not be stuck in in the past but okay this is what it is and you know take bits with it if you want and then 
um, it's yeah, definitely about moving forward, but taking that wisdom of the past with us. Mm. Yeah. And also I feel it's finding security in being in that place. Mm. It's actually putting yourself with the unknown, putting yourself in that place where you don't really have normally have security, but you kind of craving that. So by, I don't know, creating new memories, Cass, and, and mm-hmm. trying out new traditions that we were talking about last week will really actually give us some fulfillment and really help us actually, you know, knowing that we're building a new platform potentially that will then guide us for the next period of time as the nodes keep moving. Totally. And I thought we should just give a quick, uh, like, what are the nodes for our listeners, just in case some people are a little confused. So the North Node and the South Node, they're a pair. They're always at opposite points in the sky. They are connected to the orbit of the moon around the Earth and the Earth around the sun. So it's a little bit of a... um, abstract concept if you like the nodes aren't physical things in the sky they're points that we consider to be significant and they move through the zodiac uh, backwards so they're different from the planets the normal um, type of motion for the nodes is a reverse motion and they've just moved into the sign of cancer and capricorn the north node into cancer south node into capricorn that happened earlier in november and so that's that's an energy we've got for the next 18 months there's a lot of that focus on the Cancerian themes of, of safety and family and home and memories in the past, but it's connected to the North Node, which is so much about pushing forward. How do you guys describe the nodes when you have to sort of summarise them? I talk about, um, you know, the, I use a visual, imagine that the planet, the moon around the planet is one hoop and then the planet around the sun is another hoop. And then when you lay those two hoops on top of each other, those two points that intersect the, where the nodes are, because they're the points that are linked in with the eclipses, it's almost like where a heart and our soul and our identity and our mind and our consciousness are all joined in together. Um, and where, yeah, exactly, where we're going towards to create our best possible self. It's like that place that we're stretching towards and that we may never quite get to, but it's through the stretch that we strengthen and we resolve and, and we purify ourselves in a way. So what about you, Cass? Um, from an interpretive standpoint, um, yeah, I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this because there's so many different versions and so many different traditions, but um, one concept that I kind of, I personally don't really like so much, I think it's a little bit simplified, is that the South Node is something to kind of like let go of or move away from and the North mm. is um, something to move towards. And, I, you know, not to throw the baby out with the bathwater, there is a, a piece, there's a little bit to that, but I think it's just oversimplified. And so the way that I see the nodes is they are a polarity. They're always transiting in exact opposition to each other. So you can't have one without the other. And what we're trying to uh, integrate here is um, the, the soul and the spirit or the physical body and the spirit. And so we are in this physical, you know, uh, carnation in these bodies. So of course we're going to feel more, comfortable or more um, secure. These are the lunar nodes after all uh, in the south node because that's the physical body. But it's the spirit or the essence uh, that we are 
not quite easily connected to when we're on the physical realm. So we sort of got to honour the physical needs, but also working towards the more soul or spiritual needs as well. But you can't have one without the other. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's a beautiful point, Cass. And I, um, I think I also, well, I think I also agree that I don't think the South Node is meant to just be dropped because I, I think the South Node has a lot to offer us from a shift in perspective. Um, I always think about the Indian, in the Indian tradition, the South Node, it's a little bit about purification, but it's also a lot about spiritualization. Mm. And it's that idea of like not being necessarily attached to material outcomes and being more interested in pursuing that sort of higher self or more divine kind of focus. Mm. Um, and I wonder, yeah, like about the matter and the spirit or the body and the, the soul, and I do wonder about the North Node activation with that somehow being about what do we want to make manifest? Because mm. um, I think that's like if the South Node is the spiritualizing, then the North Node is more hungry for real world stuff. Yeah. And I totally agree with the concept of the, the, the spiritualization that comes through purification. So whether it's you want to have this type <clears throat> of fasting, you know, type of diet, sitting on an ashram, you know, that's always part and parcel is to cleanse the body, gets you closer to the spirit. It's why a lot of religions, you know, don't really uh, approve of alcohol too much because they believe it kind of blocks the connection to God. And, you know, if you're watching the news, which I, I really don't, but, you know, we have the bushfire seasons here in Australia, which, you know, are coming, we're coming into what's happening in California at the moment. And you will see these reports on the news where people have lost everything. But they'll yeah. say, you know, I've got my cat or I've got my children or I've got my spouse. I've got, you know, I've got what's really important because I've lost everything else. And so it's through that purification of their material uh, possessions, they've got a, a, a re-perspective kind of situation happening. Well, I've got what I truly love, mm. you know, but whatever that is for that, you know, it's usually their, their human or their animal or what have you or their you know, whatever. So it's through that process of loss where you can then get to that more spiritual or moving forward perspective. So you just can't get one without the other. And um, they are not uh, mutually exclusive of each other. And that's why I like the analogy of the dragon's head and the dragon's tail, because it's that whole thing you know, it's, it's a flow through that happens. And it's almost like what comes from the tail is, is what you've brought in. Um, you know, there is, I do think about release, but I think that it's release of the shadow side. That's what's in that sign while still retaining mm. the purity of the, the light side of that. Mm. Um, whereas, you know, that the North node is, is where the, you know, it's strengthening ourselves towards what's coming next and towards yeah. what's required next, whether you believe it's in this lifetime or, or later on in life as to what happens. with them. And, um, and they are the lunar nodes, they are the moon's nodes. So the moon has the cycles, you know, of waxing and waning. And mm. so I find that in reality, in life, we do go through our phases of waxing and waning. We'll go towards the south for a period of time. Mm. Then we work towards the nodes and they were like, oh, no, I don't do that. I've got to go back to the familiar. And so we do oscillate between um, the north and the south, you know, all through our lives. Um, so, you know, we, we, you know, as uh, human beings, we, you know, we retract back to comfort when we need it. And often that can be found in where the South Node is. Yeah. So I don't think it's as simple as, you know, drop the South and pick up the North. 
because you're then it's like you know let's just move towards venus and forget about mars you know it's the same type mm. of uh, concept there we don't really <clears throat> Uh, by em embodying one planet in our birth chart doesn't have to be at the sacrifice of another and the nodes are a bit the same, I think. Mm. Mm. Totally. And so it'll be interesting, I guess, on Tuesday as the moon passes over the North Node, very late in Cancer, about 28 degrees Cancer, just to see uh, maybe what gets stirred up for people or whether there's something that maybe needs to be activated or attended to that might come through. Mm. Yeah. Cool. So what else are you guys excited about for this week? Well, I'm looking at um, Venus and Uranus and that little opposition there. Um, right. So on Friday or oh, Saturday, Australia time, Friday, yeah. Canada and the States. Yeah. On the 1st of December. So look, I think that we will have already been feeling from last week and, and building up into most of this week that, um, the, you know, Uranus kind of brings a whole new perspective into things and it's, it's innovative and it's kind of like, well, we've done this backtracking with the Venus trade. We've had a look, we've examined our values. We've had a look at our relationships. We've, we've worked into all of that. Just, we had that beautiful sweet spot with all the speaker and now it's like, okay, how can I do things differently now? How can I bring in some new insights or a bit of different innovation? Um, how I do relationships and, and my core values as well. Like what is it about me that I can offer out to others? How can I be more authentic? Um, I think it'll, there'll be some tension with this. It's not necessarily going to be a nice easy Uranus really is nice so anyway um, so yeah it's going to be and then you know the next day the moon is going to come and highlight that Uranus point as well so I'm feeling like you know, emotional fireworks um, perhaps things coming out of the blue um, suddenly dropping in and maybe emotions that you don't know you didn't know were there are suddenly you know bubbling up the surface um, and coming up from within so yeah. Um, I mean, there's always things, isn't there? Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I do think it's interesting because the Venus in Libra opposite uh, Uranus in Aries, we've had that happen like every oh, year for the last kind of eight or nine years. And this feels like one last hurrah. Hmm. So it feels like maybe revisiting a pattern that's been coming up periodically, like in the last eight years around freedom and authenticity in relationships um, like balancing, because I think Venus, particularly with Venus in Libra, Uranus in Aries, is very much here about how do I get to maintain my independence or my freedom or my individuality while still forming partnerships with people in my life, whether it's a romantic partnership, uh, you know, professional partnership. It's almost like how do I negotiate the differences between what I might want or how I might go about something versus what someone else might want or how they might want to go about it. Um, so I think it's exciting. I think it brings like Friday, Saturday, it's like out of the blue, last minute, unexpected experiment, especially with like your look and your appearance, but also in your interactions with people. Um, but I also think it's interesting that it's like a last hurrah of a pattern that we have been going through um, for the last eight years or so since Uranus moved into Aries, which I think was 2010 off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, that's, so that's probably what I think. What about you, Cass? Yeah, I'm just uh, doing my Cancerian bit here and looking back because when Venus had her retrograde phase last year, it was in Aries. 
this time it's been in Libra, so Scorpio Libra. So um, I think, I know I've said this before, but I keep coming back to this uh, Venus and the olive branch um, mm. and that even though there is some volatility around um, th this aspect, overall, you know, Venus has just done this retrograde, you know, through a Mars ruled sign. Then she's come back home. She spent a stationed on speaker. She spent the best part of a week on speaker. You know, she's ready to, uh, to connect. She's, you know, kind of like not doing the Venus retrograde in Aries about how I can be me. It's been about how can I be we. And so it's a definite shift in her motivations and where she wants to go. So I think maybe the key pieces here for however the Venus Libra piece works in your own chart is you're doing something different than you've done. So it may not be mm. the shock or the volatility or the abrupt or the uh, separations that Uranus can be known for, but it might be you doing a certain um, about turn in your own mind about how you do your Venus. Mm, so if you're beautiful. a little bit of a, a warrior woman or Miss Independence or whatever it is, it might be you kind of doing just that little bit of a, oh, well, maybe we can kind of do this or, or whatever it is. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it might be more of an internalised or individual version as opposed to the other. That's totally. Yeah. And even I'm just thinking about, I just had a conversation with someone today where I actually thought I had a work event on that weekend. And I, and I was, you know, checking my diary with um, one of my business partners and they're like, no, no, you're doing something the following two weeks. I'm like, oh, I know about that, but I thought I had something on this weekend as well. And they were like, no, you stuffed up your scheduling basically. Mm. So it was just a little bit of that kind of unexpected Uranus energy where, you know, you think you've got it all planned or something at the last minute. Yeah. Look, and I've had a little bit of notice because we are recording this a little bit for, but it was like, oh, now I've got all this time on a weekend in early December that I'm very happy to have for myself. So, yeah. you know, those changes or those unexpected things are not always the negative, if you no, like. No, no. Um, and yeah, so I do think it's, uh, going to be whatever is the status quo will be different, but not Venus has just been in too good a place, so, you know, in recent week or two to be too, uh, ruffled by this. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I would think of Venus in Libra. I always call her cosmic honey because she's just like that sweetness that gets the deals done or keeps the wheels turning. And I know Cass, I think you're speaking to something that I also hold to be true, which is that when a planet is in, you know, quite a strong vital condition, maybe in one of its own signs or exalted in the sky, um, she can, or he can really take something from an interaction like this aspect and do something that can have a really good outcome. So it might be that like willingness to experiment or let go with something that maybe you have not, you've been very resistant to in the past and it just feels easier or lighter or there's less attachment um mm. with this yeah no i'm kind of looking forward to it um it'll bring a nice surprise i think to venus yeah mm. that's lovely so welcome surprises is something that people can yeah. let us know and this is a good one i always love to hear from listeners and readers about venus uranus aspects like do you get the more exciting surprise like last minute invitation to do something or a visit from a friend or family member unexpectedly or did you get something where it's like oh i, I was like not expecting that mm -hmm. um 
So it'd be good to maybe like let people just tell us what their experiences are in the comments. Yes. Yeah, so what are the degrees of this opposition? About 28? Uh, it? It's actually 29. So 29. it's right at the tail end. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you've got planets in Aries, Libra in particular, at that degree, uh, even to a stretch Cancer Cap, um, you totally. might really, really, you know, the Cardinal Cross. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and that's that, the that'll thing. Be like, that'll be me. That'll be So you can report back. Yes. <laughs> so we've got a f- just a few minutes left of our current show. Is there anything else you guys want to touch on briefly for this week? Um, hmm, good question, Kel. I mean, we're starting to move into that first quarter moon phase now after the or sorry, third quarter moon phase after the full moon. So, um, yeah. That's a nice point. I do like the third quarter moon. Mm. Uh, I like that for the activity and the authenticity that it tends, it creates a bit of urgency and it usually is like that final push to maybe get something done or let's try and wind this up. And I think coming in, you know, towards the end of November, it's a good clue about what can I finish before the end of the year or what can I finish in the next couple of weeks to maybe, you know, so that I can be free to move Mm. on to other things. Mm. And if you set, you know, if you're someone who sets intentions, it's kind of looking back at those intentions that you set with the new moon in Sagittarius, just to see if there's, you can bring any of the wisdom that you've learned over this month to bear on, on the situation and, and just give one last push of energy towards getting those, those things handled. Totally. Yeah. And um, I think as well, the, what is it? The first, we've got Mercury moving back into Scorpio as well. For a, for a couple of days, is it? A brief visit. Yeah, so yeah. I guess the nature of... Um, oh, for a week, yeah. For Mercury retrograde, it's going to change a little bit um, on the weekend. There's that deep dive, like trying to solve a problem or a puzzle again. Yeah. I've got the image of like a seabird that kind of, you know, because it's Mercury, it's flying, but it's dipping in and under and grabbing things up and bringing them to the surface to digest and then, and you know, that kind of it or a kind of seabird image. I, I like it, Lee. Stealing your chips. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> such an iconic <laughs> You guys are going to have all these beachy analogies in the next few weeks. I know. Oh. I, I, I do. I'm kind of just like lovingly teasing you, Kel. I know. I'm like... <laughs> I have to, I can't complain. I will be in Australia like late December, sorry, late January and then February for a few weeks. So I will get all the salty sunshine goals that you need. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there will be just a little bit of a, um, yeah, just, I don't, I don't know. I don't really, I feel like this, there's so much Jupiter right now. It's going to kind of override the, the little dip of Mercury back into Scorpio. Um, maybe it's just kind of, not a second guessing, but maybe just a double check of those more deeper intentions or those deeper desires before you then, you know, launch out the gate with all the Jupiter adventures uh, coming through. So it might just be a good opportunity to just like, okay, like, am I going to do this or are we going to do this or this is going to happen? Let's just kind of check in with maybe how that feels or, you know, that under, you know, the, the deeper conversation yeah. around it before yeah. we then go and, you know, uh, launch into the Jupiterian unknown. Yep, the total one. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me, Kel? Just <laughs> <laughs> what's making me think of that. I'm like, oh, yeah, so this Mercury retrograding back into Scorpio is like 
before you actually book the plane tickets or sell the house or, you know, pull the kids out of school, whatever it is, just have that quiet, deeper, Mm. heartfelt conversation with your partner or your family or a friend just to make sure that there is some substance here or this is really viable or that you haven't gone off on like a massive idealized kind of fantasy tangent. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, sorry. No, that's okay, Cass. You keep going. Um, yeah. So, you know, during that week, Mercury's going to be looking towards uh, Mars in Pisces for advice. So mm. it's kind of like, okay, looking, it's still, you know, got the big picture in mind and maybe checking in with all this hot air of fire and Jupiter does it still sit well within my waters, so to speak? Mm. Yes. Oh, I like that. Yeah, like <laughs> is it, it, rather than just being an exciting idea, and it's funny, like I can't actually say the details about this is yet, but after we get some answers, like we've got something going on in the background that could be like this wild adventure thing, but we're just like, do we really want to do this? Like, are we sure? Are we certain? It's like, this sounds good and it would be really exciting, but is that the exciting we need right now? that's totally on my end as well yeah yeah Yeah. yes exactly yes so it's (laughs) just like mercury into scorpio let's have a let's be a bit more honest a bit more raw a bit more real yeah and And so that's the weekend a little bit too being in the slow a little bit yes yeah yeah. And Scorpio does love to probe. It does love to research. It does love oh my to God. lift the covers and look at what's underneath. I always say Scorpio has x-ray vision. So, you know, it's, it kind of adds that bit more punch to if you have been using the Mercury retrograde to review or research or reassess or reevaluate, you know, that's when you can really get deep with mm. it um, and, and pull the juice out that you need because, was- you know, not long after that, it goes direct. Um, so, yeah, we'll be talking about that in the next episode, I'm guessing. Yeah, I was just going to say, will. Lishi, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, just a little dip, but it's a juicy one. Mm, yeah. I like it. A juicy dip. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Not like a cheap in the ocean, but. <laughs> it's that bird going down and pulling up a shark maybe or something. <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, and these are the symbols of planets in Scorpio. And we always say like lift the lid on something or turn over that stone. Like what's underneath? Where is that big dream? Or is if there's a restlessness, like where is it coming from? Because there may be some kind of quite substantive emotional, psychological stuff that you've maybe sensed but haven't put your finger on. And, and once Mercury goes back into Scorpio, we've got about 10 days, I think, yeah. of Mercury in Scorpio. And this brings me back to um, a little bit of our pre-show chat where I was discussing about you know, getting caught in storms. So you can get yes. whipped up in the enthusiasm or you can get whipped up in uh, the excitement of all this fire and exuberance and possibility. But, you know, Mar- sorry, um, Mercury going back into Scorpio, looking to Mars in Pisces for guidance. It's like, but how does this actually feel? And is it what I want, Mars? Mm. So mm, some food for thought there as, as we move into this week. Yep. Yes. And into the new month as well, because, you know, it's going to kind of, you know, this is starting the month of December, which kind of bookends the year and starts, or bookends this year and starts the new one. So, um, and Mercury will continue into Sagittarius through the first week of January. So this is what we're going into 2019 with. Yeah, yeah. I feel like totally. I look at what's been swept under the rug before and mm. pick that rug up and make sure that, you know, those last 
things that we had from this whole Jupiter in Scorpio time. Um, just get those last bits of grit and dust that were swept under the rug out. Oh, um, I love that, Leishi. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's like uh, all, all the feels, you know, where the people say you're talking about all the feels. It's kind of like, let's talk about all those feels. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause Mercury can like give voice. So mm. I guess deep and meaningful conversations coming up at the weekend and heading into next week, that first week of December. Yeah. Um, but a lot of stuff at the start of this week uh, with all that Jupiter, Sag, Mercury, Sun activity on Monday and Tuesday. So anything else before we sign off, guys or gals? I think say? that's it for me. Yeah, I'm pretty much done and dusted. Good overview. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Definitely subscribe so that you can keep up with all our latest shows and episodes. You can find us all online. We are all working professional astrologers. We all teach. We offer classes and consults, and each of us has our own offerings on our websites, which are futurefrequency.com.au for Alicia, cassandratindall.com for Cass, yes. and kellysastrology.com for me. So do uh, come and find us on our individual websites if you're interested, but definitely just subscribe and follow along here. And we wish you a fun and fabulous last week to November, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye, Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.